And now it's time on Flame CCR to take a look behind the studio's green door to find out who is in today's chat room. Midnight, one more night without sleeping. Watching till the morning comes creeping. Green door, what's that secret you're keeping? And now, are you listening? Welcome to the chat room today. And um, I have somebody who's you've heard their voice a few times on the radio by now, I trust. I met him not very many months ago when he came and tapped on the door and said, you're a Christian radio station. I'm coming to the local area. I'd like to get involved. And that was fantastic. Now, he wasn't wearing a clerical collar at the time, but he's since sprouted a clerical collar as well. And um, if he laughs a little bit or if he says a few words, I'll see if you can recognise his voice. Uh, yes, see if you can recognise my voice. Yes, the collar grew organically. You're quite right, Norman. I'm now vicar, I believe the term is, of a couple of churches here in Wallace, in fact, here in the northwest. It's great to be in the studio with you recording. I guess people might recognise me from daily devotional preaching which goes out regularly on flame radio and i'm there i'm just on for just a couple of minutes but i think you're going to let me speak for a bit longer here is that right as long as you're good <laughs> i'll try and be good yes so daily devotional preaching which we have been running i suppose from late february early march there five days a week morning time and also at lunchtime the thoughts to be honest as far as i am concerned which is why when i discovered them i thought these must go on flame they're refreshing they're different they make me think yes good i'll tell you where they come from the idea of doing a daily thought from the bible which is what they are just a verse from the bible and a brief thought from the bible came to me because when i was reading the bible each morning i would be thinking in terms of you know how could i illustrate that if i wanted to preach on it that sort of thing but i wasn't going to preach on it because it was for me and so i could put this into a, a podcast and i put it into a podcast and tried to get people in my church there was a minister of church in north london then to listen to it and um, maybe one or two did and i was a little bit discouraged that not many people listened but then i thought well i like doing it so i'm going to keep doing it i did that for a little bit and then i thought i know what the problem is but it's not the right name it was called good news over coffee and I thought this was a really clever name. I'm drinking coffee, and it's the good news about Jesus over coffee. But I think it made no sense to anyone else. And so I did the, um, I suppose, the logical thing, and saw what were popular words that people searched for when they wanted that sort of thing. And daily devotionals and preaching were the things that people searched for, according to the Google keyword planner. So, uh, well, in that case, I'll call it daily devotional preaching, hence the rather banal but accurate name for it. Psalm 32 verses 1 and 2 What happiness for those whose guilt has been forgiven What joys when sins are covered over What relief for those who have confessed their sins And God has cleared their record This is Daily Devotional Preaching With Peter Timothy Cooper and it ends with, and I am Peter Timothy Cooper. Yeah, well, you see, Peter Timothy Cooper, because as listeners may be aware, Peter Cooper was the inventor of Jell-O, an uh, American scientist ah. and politician. Well, I don't want to be confused with the inventor of Jell-O, even though if you look at pictures of him, if you go now, and if you had a computer, could type in the name Peter Cooper, you'll come up with a man with a very impressive beard, which I don't think I could grow one like that. So I'm, I'm intimidated You're by Peter on. Cooper, so I'm putting Peter Timothy Cooper instead. I could never grow a beard from him. And Jello's already invented, so uh, what can I do? I can't compete. So, anyway, Peter Timothy Cooper identifies me, is what I'm saying, more accurately than Peter Cooper, which is actually quite a common name. So, that's why I say that at the end. Yes, and when I was editing yet another one for going on air, yet another whatever, and so on, and it came up, and I'm Peter Timothy Cooper, I thought that's great. Peter, from a biblical sense, created an image of somebody. Yes. And Timothy created an image of somebody which was different. And I thought a combination of the two, the Peter brave enough to step out of the boat and do something. And he was a really, really remarkable, brave man. Yes. And yes. Timothy, who was a faithful, he was always there sort of person. Yes. And, and Timothy was also quite young, which I, yeah. I, um, I, I like to hold on to that. You're younger now, than me. You're younger than you. 
Yes. I suppose these days you could say I'm halfway, possibly, for what I've 50. Yeah, but Timothy, yes, is someone who was given charge of a congregation by Paul. My main job is as a vicar of two churches, but also he was told to take on the role of an evangelist. So, you know, I, I can see that that's something of my own calling to, yes, be a pastor to people within the church and also to reach out to people in different ways. One, by appearing on radio shows on well-known Christian radio stations in the Northwest. And uh, whether I'm much like my namesake, Peter, I'm not sure I'm as brave as he was, but I think I do have his bad points of being a little bit impetuous and saying the wrong thing and uh, ruining situations. But you think of him being absolutely accurate in saying Jesus is the Christ and then insisting that he shouldn't die and shouldn't go through that. So, yeah, I think I've got characteristics of uh, both. But when you get a name, it's chosen by your parents and you just you know have that name. So the name isn't about who you are, but you sort of take on and try and live up to it because I you know I was brought up as a Christian so I knew about Peter and Timothy didn't like the sound of the name Timothy so I didn't like to be called it so uh, I'm always called Peter but you know I was aware of what they were like so it will have influenced me in some way perhaps more Peter than Timothy because of his willingness to stand up for his faith and then I'm called Peter I spent some time um, working out in China in which country they have difficulty with saying the word Cooper uh, oh, they yes. didn't attempt the word Timothy. But Peter, they can say, because of the translation of the Bible, and it's Bidur. So I was always known as Peter Bidur out there. And so even people who were not Christian would associate me with the biblical character. So, But I'd like to live up to his yes. example, I suppose. I have still followed the practice of giving biblical names to my children. Yes, I've got Mark and I've got Deborah, Debbie. They've given names, Christian names, to their children. So I've got a grandchild called Daniel. And in the early days, he's had to have his lions because he's got to face his lions in life, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, we've got a, a Hannah. And Hannah is a communicator. And, oh, she's the life and soul of a party. I mean, she's only seven. Yeah. But she's a real life and soul of. And she's living up to that. So it's interesting that you do try to live up to her names. I've got no hope whatsoever because I'm just Norman, no. a man from the north. Norman. Is it, or, Norman means a man from the north. I think it probably right, does. Okay, Norseman. Yes. Norseman, yeah. When I was in America, they used to call me Narm, and I hated it. Absolutely hated Narm. Norm, and of course, like on the on the show Cheers, where yes. Norm walks in, everyone knows him. Maybe, maybe everyone knows you. Maybe that's it. Well, okay. <laughs> the phrase I don't like is we're going to have a break from the norm. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Peter Timothy Cooper, daily devotional preaching. Now, also, I will put a plug in, because I'm sure people have not yet realised, Mark and Pete. Mm, yeah. And Mark and Pete, and you do 30-minute programmes. And we haven't started broadcasting the 30-minute programmes yet, but we've joined two together to make into a one-hour. Mm -hmm. And those go out on the air at 9 o'clock on a Sunday evening. And it's Mark and Pete talking to each other about... Now, I think we've done homelessness... We've done class. I think I've just been through poverty. Not literally, but I've yes, just been yes. through. Please, you haven't just been through poverty. That's no, worth. you've actually got, got a nine o'clock slot. And we've got a stock of them because I download them. Mm. And I'm just plodding through. And so I've got other interesting ones coming up like fashion and ecology. Oh, yeah, teaching. I just did teaching. Mm. Um, it was about ed Britain's education. Mm. Yes, so Mark and Pete is a podcast that I've been putting out on the internet available on iTunes for some time. And it's got a listenership, you know, people who are interested in podcasts can search for the subjects that we're covering, mainly in the US, but you know, people dotted around the world. And it's great that it can go out on radio, where there'll be more people listening to uh, Flame Radio. Mark is um, a friend of mine, and it's, it's uh, one of those things, you, when I say people think, really? Yeah, he's been a friend of mine since 1978. That was school, was it? That was at school. Yes, uh, when I started secondary school, uh, we we started secondary school at 13, where I was brought up. It was called high school. They had a different system to uh, different areas of the country. So at that age, we met where we, we joined the same school, and we've been friends ever since. And we have a different take on things. We do have disagreements, but we have a sort of a similar way of thinking and certainly a similar sense of humour. At school, we wrote a school play together, performed it and had it put on. And so over the years, we've thought we, we should do something together, and we 
react well together and can have good conversations, it'd be good for people to be able to listen in. Now, I've got some sort of knowledge of theology. I have to because I'm a vicar, and um, that comes into our conversations. But Mark has tremendous experience of business. He's been very successful at not starting his own business, but developing existing businesses and making them more successful, more profitable by being good at communicating. So hence, he's a brilliant partner for me to talk to. And as he works in that area, he's able to think a little bit more clearly than me. So if you listen to the conversation, you get some real clear thought from Mark and then me rambling on a bit, but putting in some biblical insights. So I think my part's valuable. It's Mark and Pete. And welcome to the show. More colourful conversations with Mark and Pete. This week's colourful conversation is Where is God on the social ladder? The other interesting thing about that show that I didn't realise Mark was going to do this is he writes a poem specifically for the subject. They're very interesting poems, even if that particular poem, you think, what has he just said, you still had a different take on it. But some of them, you think, oh... You know, you've got a new insight and a new look at it. But usually what strikes me is that, and this is deliberate, that they're funny. They have a funny take. They have a deep thought, but they do have a funny side to it. I mean, even the one on the consequences of war yes. was something that I thought, yes, that's interesting. So the poem is called What is War? War is raw. It jolts your jaw. So hard to swallow, it chokes the craw. War we explore. What is it for? It kills the ones that we adore. War we abhor. You can't ignore. It makes you sweat through every pore. War so sore, it grinds the core. The pain soon surges. Blood starts to pour. War is gore. You hear the roar. You hit the ground. You are no more. At peace. Well, I suppose, picking up my own little show here, Mark, I mean, what I think works well is that uh, we each individually have our own style, and which I would describe as this. Uh, the poetry is interesting that I think he speaks in poetry and I speak in prose, and that includes what we would read. You know, I read books written in prose, whereas he's more interested in songs and in poetry. And the two together give you a complete opposite take on the way that you describe things. So not only we are, do we have a business point of view and a Christian or religious point of view, or theological point of view, giving two sides to the same subject. You have prose and, and poetry giving the two different angles. Where it works well, okay, sometimes we may get a little bit lost, but usually what we're able to do is give slightly different takes on the same subject. But we're, we never completely disagree. Now, the, the reason for that is we've planned it together to do this particular subject. So we have a sort of Mark and Pete view, but we do take it from different angles. So I think it does work well. One thing that uh, we noticed, we have some feedback from people on Twitter, but not that much, not compared with how many people listen. So I'm hoping that uh, listeners to Flame Radio will rectify that and start uh, giving us a little bit more feedback. It'd be very interesting to hear people's opinion, not just on the topic, on what we've said. You know, do you agree? Do you disagree? Are we completely off the mark here? I'd like to have a real conversation to start with the listeners. It does end with the offer of and now listeners have a think yes. contact us we want your feedback etc so there's an open offer there and i'm longing to see the crowds at the door because yes we would like people's feedback that's why i'm picking the sunday evening at nine o'clock because that's a time when in the past i used to get back home from church and feel fairly exhausted and the last thing i wanted to do was to really put the telly box on but on the other hand i didn't really want to pick up a book but i just wanted to sit back and relax and it might even be I had a bit of a drive home from church yeah. and you talk about more hits of people listening yes, yes. I think it could well be that actually people are listening to a bit 
And then another day they'll think, oh, hang on a moment, let's listen to a little bit more. Yeah. Because the advantage of a podcast is that you can whiz it through to where you were and you can listen to a little bit more. And then you know, if you're back home and you think, oh, yes, OK, but I must oh, I wonder what his next opinion was. So you could actually get a person listening a few times yeah, to various sure. different bits. We go well at uh, Spreaker.com, yes. that we broadcast through. We use that particular website that they host uh, the audio files. Podcasts are useful in that way, yes. People can listen anywhere, they yes. can listen anytime. But if it's broadcast over the radio, it's easier to access. You just turn on, on the medium wave on your radio, and uh, more people have access, I think, still. It's particularly, just to be ageist for a bit, particularly older people who tend to use a radio rather than the internet or is that a controversial statement no it's not a controversial statement no i actually get told it's all for the older people norman and i sort of feel well fair enough because at the moment the crew that god seems to have tapped on the shoulder and said hey get involved in flame by and large uh certainly beyond 40 i mean i can include you in that certainly beyond 40 so therefore it's an older type of stuff and also on wirral talking to people yeah, my wife is exceptional in as much as she's in her 70s and sits surfing and downloading and listening again and on various chat room forums. But she is unusual. There are a large number of people who have not yet got to internet and laptops and so on, and they're still in the old-fashioned medium wave. So I'm quite comfortable with doing medium wave. Yeah, yeah. I mean, medium wave radios are are still quite widespread. And uh, the reason I suddenly caught up thinking, am I wrong in talking about elderly people? I mean, my wife listens to the radio more than she would listen to podcasts. I think certainly she would have a radio that accepts medium wave. But, of course, flame radio is also out on the internet as well, isn't it? You're listening to Flame CCR, Christian and Community Radio, broadcasting on Medium Wave 1521 and online with tablets, smartphones and PCs. So we do both. So I've actually put onto our listen again one or two of yours that I've done Mm. and see the number of hits we might get. I personally think that it's good radio. My wife listens to Radio 4 almost exclusively, and the reason she does that is she likes talking. And she likes shouting at the radio when she disagrees with it. So medium wave has its place. It certainly has its place on Wirral, and that's completely right. And I'm glad that we're there. And yes, I would love to be doing a lot more UC programs, but until such time as we get UC presenters, we will do the older programs because people do, according to their stuff. No point in asking me to do a hip-hop program. Oh, I was hoping you are going to be doing a rap later, Norman. I'm disappointed in that. I know an excellent <laughs> young lady who has recorded a rap for Use on Flame, oh. and I sit back and let her do those clever bits. Brilliant. And she brings in rap artists from various places, including from even London. I've had a rapper up here from London. Not a whisper rapper, but a real rapper. <laughs> Bring life or death That's what a wise God once said I speak life over you It's time to live right 
also had the punk rocker now the punk rocker who you know of pete peter 118 absolutely great stood in this studio artist, with his yeah. guitar yeah. shouting his punk into that very microphone yeah, yeah. and i it's looking w- a bit battered yeah. yes and he did what can wash away my stain nothing but the blood of jesus yeah in punk people think of it i have no ideas but it was fantastic well here's the thing i mean i I do talk radio that's what i'm going to do i'm not going to be doing any singing and the listeners will be pleased about that please i think but i'm pleased for them that i'm not making them suffer but yes people like um peter 118 whose work i know and he's performed at live events that we organized at my church down in london there's quite a few hip-hop artists around uh, who worked in the church in london where which was mill hill east church still going strong there's an artist called believer b-a-l-i IVA, who has new tracks coming out one a month at the moment and he produces great Christian hip-hop. Now for me, I like his style in that I can hear what he's saying the Christian message gets across. Well, coming up is a track by Believer, the hip-hop artist. Now I've done a lot of work with Believer running a hip-hop worship service. This particular track called On A Mission became almost the theme song of that service. There's a music video which is up on YouTube if you search for Believer in which, if you look closely, I feature on there, see if you can guess which one's me. But here it is, this is On A Mission by Believer. And Believer is spelt B-A-L-I-V-A. Thanks to his grace, the cross was worth it I couldn't resist, cause his love is so perfect yeah. 
With Believer, I've been out on the streets with him, and my role being to push the loudspeaker so that he can uh, broadcast <laughs> his message. And here's uh, an interesting thing about uh, how you can get a message across through sound. There are people listening to him in the shops, people listening to him trying to catch a bus, and yet here he is giving quite a good Christian message as a clear challenge of the gospel in what he was singing or rapping. And yet, even though it may have been new or different to many people, no one complained. In fact, they so enjoyed his performance because it was a hot day. People from the shops came and brought him water to drink so he could keep going. So he's a great artist believer and there are, there, are, there are plenty of others around so when um, we're talking about christian radio there's such a variety of stuff out there that people of all ages are, will be interested in and whether they access it through flame radio on medium wave or online or on, you can access flame radio through tune in so you can get you can yes. get your app on your smartphone and listen in that way there's such uh, an opportunity for it to develop in so many different ways peter 118 has already been here as you said so uh, what i'm saying is flame radio is the sort of thing i'd listen to anyway even if i wasn't on it. And in fact, I don't listen to the bits when I'm on because I've already heard that. Well, no, that's right. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad about that. And actually, I was delighted the other day. I mean, it's a Christian record company in London who stick a CD in the post for me now and again. Yeah. And one of them, they were out on the streets in London singing. And there was one fantastic song. You could sense that they were in a market stall area and everybody was joining in. Not just the group who were singing and performing, but they got everybody joining in. I would love people on the street singing about Jesus. Yeah. Not just in the churches singing the conventional things, but people with enthusiasm singing about Jesus. And it could be hip-hop, it could be all the modern stuff, and people joining in, people stopping. Getting out on the streets. Yeah, street styles of music uh, vary, but people love traditional music from a Christian background, and people know many of the older hymns. Choirs are so popular these days, particularly in this area. I think I see, uh, just talking to people, there's a big interest in choirs. And my um, uh, two churches that I'm vicar of in Wallasey, the St. Luke's, Poulton, and St. Paul's in Seeker, both have traditional choirs people love that style of music and that style of singing such that you get choirs swinging up they just sing secular music they're singing in the style of a church choir but they're actually singing secular music maybe they'll mix in some uh, christian music so i can see that being great out on the streets getting a, a choir together i would love to see that happening i mean i've been a vicar of those two churches in Poulton and Seacombe for only a few months now i've seen new people come 
coming along and people joining the choir. So there's an interest there in the style of music. It goes with the Christian faith, of course, because if you're coming to church to join it. But if you take it out of the church building and have Christian music there, you give people an opportunity yes. to worship. Absolutely. Uh, it's interesting it, that there is a tradition. It's partly Welsh influence, certainly in Wirral. And of course, on top of that, there is the huge tradition of Beatles, Merseyside music, mm. being entertainers. They were entertainers on ships. Well, this track, When the Music Fades, is by Matt Redman. It's a great song in itself. It's a great worship song. But it also has a great story as the church where Matt Redman was a, a worship leader stopped singing in order to get back to what the heart of worship was all about, which was that it's all about Jesus. So here it is, uh, When the Music Fades by Matt Redman. When the music fades All is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for everything I've made. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. All about you. I had the privilege, Peter, a little while ago of going along to your licensing service. I always remember it as where you were installed and somebody explained <laughs> to me that the vicar has a stall. Yes, a bit like cattle, yes. It's, it's very similar, yeah. yeah. It's where you sit in the church service resplendent in your robes. And resplendent in his robe with Bishop uh, Peter. Uh, yes, absolutely, Bishop Peter, who conducts the service. And when you start off in a job as a vicar, you're trailed round the church building. And the reason for that is... Uh, the reason a good reason for it that you go to the different parts of the church and then you're installed to do that function like you go to the door because you're going to be inviting people in you go to your the store where you sit because you're going to be sitting there and praying and kneeling there and praying you go to the pulpit because you're going to be preaching there so they're installing you into the various bits you're going to do and then there's a prayer set at, at each point so there is some sort of logic to it and it's a way of introducing that all the different functions that you have all the different parts of worship to all the visitors many of whom don't normally go to church but they've been particularly invited to come and see the new vicar so it's actually a good thing to do i found it a little bit awkward just because i i was the one being trailed around no one else found it awkward i don't think but you know i was having to wander around to different bits of the service not really knowing what was going on and then reading out a few words <laughs> following this man in this great big robe and yes, a few other yeah, people yeah, holding yeah. things yes i must admit it was the first one of those services i'd ever been to in my life and i stood in the back row and i was fascinated and i thought that was excellent 
excellent theatre, to be honest, and the way in which it was done. I mean, I worked out what was happening, and it seemed very, very relevant. Wearing robes, you can think of it in terms of, oh, you know, you're wearing fancy dress, and you're bringing attention to yourself. But you're not, because all vicars wear that sort of robe, and all bishops wear that sort of robe. So what you're doing is saying, no, it's not about me, it's about my position, and my position is as a servant of Christ. So it has the opposite effect from what it might appear you know, if you walked down the road to Morrison's and bought your shopping wearing robes like that, you'd be drawing attention to yourself. And yes. I, I, so I don't do that too often. <laughs> but if you're in the church service, of course, what you're doing is taking attention away from yourself and pointing it towards worship. I mean, I'm not a fan of robes particularly, but I can see the way that they work within that style of worship. So I was happy to wear them. And it was good to see you there, Norman, and having a bit of a dance at the back, I noticed. To some I thoroughly... Really joined in the worship here. Yes, conventional hymns, but yeah. well chosen. And I took the uh, sheet home and uh, showed it to my wife, and uh, she was humming away to some of them. And one of the ones that really thrills me, and I think it is actually Robin Mark, These Are the Days of Elijah. Uh, that'll be the one that you're giving some movement to, I guess. Well, I thought, why not? <laughs> they can always throw me out. I did a bit of a shuffle to and fro and actually dared to raise my hands above horizontal. Lifting Nobody... holy hands in praise and worship. I think that's in the Bible. So we actually we're encouraging that. And I was in a church (laughs) and I was in a church that was respectably full. And I went home. I prayed two prayers. One was, Lord, may at some time that number of people turn up at the church again. And the other prayer was, may Peter not be too disappointed (laughs) with the number who come next week. There were about 200 there, I guess. And there was about 30 people the next Sunday. But the good thing about having a small number of congregation is that there's room for growth yes <laughs> <laughs> that was actually at st paul's church in seacombe and that's the sort of number that come along every week and it's gradually growing the church there and it's been a church in that area that has um, been through a few difficult times simply because they've had lots of changes of vicar you know which is never a, a good thing to go through different people leading you in worship you change to another one you don't know quite what that like you get used to them and they move on so i guess i should stay there for a few years and put in some time in in leading them in worship but i can see that they will grow because um i believe it's uh, jesus christ who said that he will build his church so i've got great confidence that as they keep being faithful in worship they're going to grow as a church so i'm not concerned about that i'm just praying that i'm going to be there as they grow and to be part of it yeah that's right i've got a special request Our current license runs until December 2019, so please don't leave the area before then. (laughs) You're a breath of fresh air, as far as I am concerned, in the area, and I trust that uh, you'll stir a few things and make a few things happen, and that will be good. I'll tell you the one thing that did really hit me. The door slammed on your way in? No, and it wasn't. It was a bit windy around there. It wasn't a bouncer either. (laughs) Now, it was a statistic, and I can't trot out the numbers, but somebody read out the number of people who were on the electoral roll in the parish. Oh yes, I know I know who did this. The archdeacon of the area, Michael Gilbertson, preached and he mentioned the number yes, the numbers right. in the electoral roll and the number in the parish. Yeah. And that is what struck me, because the number in the electoral roll in the parish of Seacombe was up in the tens of thousands. And the number on the, is it the church roll? It's actually the electoral roll for the church. That's yeah. That's what it means. So you and would, that for was, example, vote for a church warden. And that's yes. Something, yeah. And that was well under 100. Uh, yes. And the two numbers sat in my mind thinking, okay, there's a measure of Peter's challenge. Mm, yes. Because there's a huge difference, isn't it, between the number of people who will be trotting along to a polling station and putting their cross yes. on whatever, yes. and the number of people who are so much associated with the church that they're happy to vote on church things. And it's sad in a way, but th- there is a challenge. Yes, there's a challenge. There. And the, the role of leading a, a church like that is to look for connections between the great people who are in the church and uh, people who don't see themselves as involved, so that they're not on the electoral roll and getting ways for people working together on things earlier in our conversation we were talking about music and i mentioned choirs that's the sort of thing where people could work together but also st paul seacom along with other churches runs a food bank so they're involved with other people getting more and more people involved in what the church does and working together with it so more and more people in the area see themselves as part of this particular church is the way that it will grow one mistake you can make as a church is to think that i i peter cooper 
I'm going to organise events and do things at people which are going to convince them they should join my church. If you go down that route, you know, if you do something entertaining, they'll be entertained by what you do. If you say it forcefully, they'll say, oh, he's a forceful guy, but they're not going to join you unless they actually feel part of what you're doing. So that's the way forward. And people in the churches, it's not that they've been doing anything wrong, and that's why numbers have dwindled. We'd see the way culture has changed in this country. If they were given the opportunity to work more alongside and with other people, I'm sure people would want to be part of what they were doing and bring their own ideas in as well. It's a question of just arranging those connections. Yeah, the word include seems to be important. People feel that they can be included in the church. People will actually include the church in their day-by-day activities. But also, of course, including Jesus into your life. Christianity is 24-7, just like Christian radio is 24-7. <laughs> yeah, that's a good example. Yes, Christianity is a giving of your whole of your life to Christ and thus receiving newness of life. So it, you, you've got to give over every, everything in order to receive everything. Yes. You, you're giving up your life to Christ. And being involved in a church community can be the way in which you come into contact with the good news about Jesus it can be that part of the way that you actually come to know Jesus and to see him as your Lord. In fact, it's the most common way. You hear it from an individual or you get to know a group of individuals rather than responding directly to a message given out from the front, saying an evangelistic rally. Although that's not to say that the speaking from the front isn't needed. That's part of the mix. You may, you may actually make a decision later and it's with a friend that, who brought you to church or that you did something with, like working in the food bank, that you got to see Christ's love, maybe by seeing it in action and seeing how this Christian loved Christ and how his or her life was changed by him. But the teaching about Christ is also important from the church, the teaching from the Bible by preachers and by reading the Bible directly and studying it and thinking about it. Those things are important as well, even though they might not be identified as being the final step that brought you to faith in Christ. They're part of it because if you have a friend who you really want them to know the Lord, part of what you'll do is bring them to the church worship of which you're part. So it's all part of the mix. But if you isolate a any part of that oh it's just all about getting people to church services it's not working it's the entirety of your life as a christian being shared with people who are not yet christians and then the church is going to grow but the church that we're talking about is the church of all believers not necessarily st paul seacombe and st luke's porter of which i'm vicar and i have to be happy with that what i need and what i do want to see is people coming to faith the community of all christians growing that's the church that will mean St Paul's growing but it's not exclusively that and not to be any way to grasping you've got to join my church it's disciples in the family making disciples is an important thing isn't it and then Mm. people joining in and doing their part because I'm passionately convinced that everybody can do something and it's getting the whole set of people so church is not a 10% doing and 90% watching if you can get to a point where it's 50% doing and 50% watching, you're doing remarkably well. Yeah. And actually, it should be 90% doing and 10% watching. Everyone has a, a spiritual gifts that God's given them and yeah. to be used in the service in, in the church of which they're part. And that's an important thing to recognise because if you feel you're a spectator to church services, then of course that can be a bad thing. But you can be involved in different ways. It depends on the style of the service yeah. how it, and in what ways you're involved. Right. But in your Christian life, you want to feel I'm very involved in serving the Lord, whether it's actually in the weekly service on a Sunday or your home group or wherever it is. However you're involved there, you can be involved in different ways, but everyone has something that the Lord wants them to do in worshipping him and in serving him. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant. Moses' righteousness being restored And though these are days of great trial Of famine and darkness and soul Still we are the voice in the desert Crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord Behold, He comes riding on the clouds Shining like the sun at the trumpet call, lift your voice, the year of Jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes.
We've talked yeah. a lot, but there's whole corners of Peter that I'd like people at least to be aware of that that corner exists. There must have been a time when you began to feel in some way that the Lord is the Lord and there is an aspect of life in serving him. You were a teacher. You were out in China. And also you did mention that great big place called London. Potted Peat in 10 minutes. Okay, Potted Peat, here it comes. Uh, I was born in Birmingham and I grew up uh, around Birmingham, actually in Redditch, just south of Birmingham. And I was brought up as a Christian and as far back as I can remember, I've always believed there was a point at which I trusted in Jesus, but it's so early in my life that I can't remember it. However, when I was in my teens, I made a very specific decision and that was that the truth of Christianity was unassailable that Jesus did rise from the dead, that uh, you can know him today. That point about Jesus rising from the dead was very important to me. As a big fan of science. And yes, I, I did later become a science teacher. But at that point, at the age of 16, when I would normally have been confirmed, those of you who are not familiar with the Anglican way of doing things, that's uh, committing to the Lord of your baptism vows, which you are baptised as an infant, usually. So at confirmation, I would be making these vows. So I wanted to delay that until I'd really looked into the evidence. So I delayed it for a year. I asked for it to be delayed for a year. And then I was confirmed at 17, absolutely convinced that this was true, that Jesus did rise from the dead, that he is Lord. And directly after that, I got involved in missions such as things in the church, which we did a course in my local Anglican church called Introducing Jesus. This is well before Alpha courses and that sort of thing were around. And they were specifically targeted at some refugees who were coming to the area, which were known by the press as the Vietnamese boat people. So that was my first introduction to cross-cultural mission within Britain, although I soon found out that it was cross-cultural to try and do a mission even to other English people because of the people not being a part of the church culture. Well, I... Uh, from that point on was uh, committed to be involved in evangelism wherever possible to standing up for my faith because I was convinced of the truth of it and went to a university in Birmingham as well and I started getting involved in Christian drama I used to go out onto the streets with a little group and we'd do evangelistic skits out on the street and I was involved in a little theatre company we went around schools doing Christian drama and I really enjoyed doing that and I felt that the Lord had called me to that and then the money ran out for me to do it and I didn't know what to do and in fact I then trained as a science teacher and I taught science in North London for seven years but during this time of training I um, met and married a, a young lady who remains my wife to this day called Maggie and she felt a strong call to overseas mission and we together went and tested it out we went to say is the Lord calling us to this and went out to China so we've been there to and from China quite a few times the last time was for two years so it seems like i've been there when i talk about it though i've been there a long time that's because i went on several different trips and in going there we, we were going as missionaries in that we were looking to share our faith which we did and people did come to faith through our witness which was i was about to say a great joy but when you say a great joy it's it's, it's sort of a cliche but it's the only way i think i can think of putting it across this was great that i could see people coming to faith through what we were doing the chinese people seem to have a different way of responding to people that i known in Britain. In that if you spoke about the Christian faith, they saw that it was true, they then say, that's true, therefore I believe it, and they'd make a change. Whereas I'd found amongst people I knew in England, people would say, yes, that's true, do you want another drink? And they would then not make any changes in their life. So I saw that there was something I could really learn from the Chinese culture. I haven't been to China for a few years, but that was uh, the Chinese connection. Now, while we were going to and from China, I was praying in a home group one week where Maggie and I were a member of a church, again in North London. And we had a special home group, which we called um, a prophetic home group, in that people would gather around you in the home group and say what they thought the Lord was saying to you. So they would pray and ask the Lord to speak, have a bit of silence, and you'd sit on the poof, in the, the prophetic poof in the middle of the room, and uh, they would say what they um, thought the Lord was saying. And it just so happens that I'd be thinking I should go into ministry in the Church of England. 
which seemed a strange move. So I spoke to the minister of the church and said, but can you not say anything to anyone? Because we've got this meeting coming up. I want to see what they say that the Lord say to me. And suffice it to say that all the different things that were said by people tied in with what I'd been thinking, including one person who said something that I hadn't even said to the minister, but something I thought uh, word for word about something I was worrying about, about the future, the fact that you had to wear strange clothes. I've been thinking about if you went, I thought, if you went into the Church of England, strange to me being a clerical collar, which I've since sprouted. And that was a confirmation to me, and that was the start of me exploring going into ministry in the Church of England. And after that time, I trained at Ridley Hall in Cambridge, and um, I went back to China, in fact, for a time, and uh, went out to Singapore and visited Anglican churches there. But then I got a curacy in Edgware, and a curacy being the first sort of training post in the Church of England. And from then on, I've been um, working in the Church of England in different parts of northwest London. There was um, Edgware and then Mill Hill, and really finding that it was, for evangelism, it was hard ground and so we needed to have a different approach the church worship i really enjoyed but as i've just said i grew up in the church we needed to have a different approach a way of reaching out to people maybe through music through things like podcasts and things getting out beyond the church four walls getting out onto the street and working at that in different areas we started to see a response in the the two churches in edgeware and then in mill hill where i worked we started to see a response from people and then i've moved on i've moved here to the northwest and i'm seeing that although the culture here is different to london the same sort of idea is important to see how is the culture of people outside the church different to people inside let's try and bridge that gap so here i am for the past few months being vicar of two churches here in wallace and looking for the next step that uh, i've got to take in order to follow the lord's leading i'm thinking it's going to be me staying here for quite a few years getting to grips with local culture and watching the spirit work in growing the church and i'm thinking we're going to be able to look back in a few years and see what the lord has done the next stage after that uh, well after that you know perhaps i'll come back on then and tell you what's happened i think that's fascinating and as i said i was really joyful yes i use the term joyful <laughs> as well driving home after that first meeting with you when you just turned up on the doorstep and said hello i'm peter and you had that lovely son called daniel with you yeah I was really joyful thinking, Lord, I've been praying for a long, long time for some mates who have the same sort of feeling, but they're doing a different corner. But somehow or other, these are other parts of the jigsaw, because I passionately believe that God is doing and going to do good things in the local area. But we're on the very, very early stages of something. God knows what it is, and I'm quite happily marching towards it and finding people who are coming along and who are adding other bits and um, you're going to come back in a year's time and sit and talk about what has happened because it'd be wrong to talk about what we're actually going to do because lots of people talk about what they're going to do i'd like you to come back and tell us tell you what's happening what has happened the thing that i found coming here that that i found about the local churches is that there's already a lot happening new stuff happening new projects being started new incredible ideas that i wouldn't have thought of coming from the local churches so the lord is already at work there were already so much creativity there we're going to see some of those projects of those ideas the ones that the lord is really behind having had a great impact and um, flame radio can be reporting on that i'm looking forward to that day one of the things i feel passionately about is encouraging people to pray and i believe you will end up peter being amazed when you look back in seacombe Poulton, that whole area of policy, you'll be amazed that if I use the word transformation, because I believe that there's going to be a transformation in the area, a transformation spiritually. Listen, let me just uh, tell you a little a little story of something that happened to me that uh, illustrates that. And it's I was uh, working in Edgware, North London, as I mentioned earlier, and in this particular church, we had a prayer meeting in our church, praying for people in the area and praying that they would come to faith, praying for people to be healed and set free from things like addiction and this sort of thing. We're praying for them. And then 
then just at that point, unbeknownst to us, someone was going past, and this man who was going past uh, had um, some sort of medical problem, which meant that he had a weakness in his torso. He said he had to be supported by some plates that were strapped to him. And he was in pain and was walking past. And as he went past, he was with his sister, who is a Christian, and he turned to her and said, Do you know about Jesus? What? I need to know about Jesus. Well, she took him to the parish church down the road, which wasn't the church we were in, but he was right outside our church as he said it. Now, I worked in both churches, so his name was sent to me, and I went to see him, and he told me uh, about this incident. I was walking down the road, I wanted to find out about Jesus, and they said, you're going to tell me. And at that point, I realised he was describing to me when it happened, was exactly when we were praying. And uh, he then became a, a member of the church. He did learn about Jesus, and he he had um, a great experience of getting to know Jesus. But for me, what was interesting to me was, hmm, if I don't get out of this church and go and tell people about Jesus, God's going to send his spirit to do it anyway. You know, so <laughs> we were in the church, we weren't getting out there. So I can imagine the conversation in heaven being like, uh, look, they're still in the church building. What are we going to Oh, look, I'll go and do it myself. If you want a job properly, do it yourself. And the Lord went and spoke directly to this man. So for me, that was um, an eye-opener saying, look, God is sovereign. He can do what he likes but he's choosing to use you please go out and do it let's get out and tell people now uh, you're the vicar and you're the expert <laughs> at these things uh, yes but there is what are you going to say part of the bible <laughs> that says if we don't actually praise the lord the rocks will cry out yes isn't you, there yes as jesus was coming into jerusalem people were praising him and people didn't like the fact that they were doing it on palm sunday as we know celebrated they were coming in and there were opponents who were saying they didn't like him doing that to tell the disciples and others who were praising him to be quiet and of course jesus' response was well if you stop them then even the rocks are going to cry out because this praise is right and good i should be worshipped and jesus is going to be worshipped and he is going to have his rule spread the glory of God is going to cover the earth as the waters covers the sea, as the prophet Isaiah said. So it's going to happen. We need to get in step with what the Spirit is already doing. And when you see and you look around, maybe by um, one of the methods I like to use is to do a survey and find out what people are actually thinking in the neighbourhood and then do it again a bit later and see whether that's changed. And you see what people's interests are how the Lord is already at work in people. So we in the churches and people like me who are professionals in the church, being a professional Christian, we need to get in step with what the Lord's doing. And a lot of that means uh, getting out of our church buildings and going and meeting people. And this is where, of course, radio is great, because if you're getting out of your church building and actually into other people's homes because you're invited by them turning on the radio, we need to do other things that may be getting us out of our comfort zone, as people say, and doing things that are perhaps, to us, feel a little bit awkward, like knocking on people's doors and speaking to them, like speaking to people in the street who we don't know. And we need to take seriously that Jesus has sent us out he says go and if you want to not go you need to have a special calling from the lord you know i say that because sometimes it's seen the other way around the general command is to go and make disciples and there must be a very special calling to not go you need to have something that's directly say no my specific role is simply to be a pastor whereas for everyone really the general the standing orders or the general instructions are to go even Timothy, as we were saying earlier, my middle name, Timothy, was told he was to be the pastor of a local church and he got to go and do the work of an evangelist as well. So yeah. that's a message for all of us. We've got to go. We've got to go. Yeah. And we've got to go. Yeah. And this is about the end of the program. So we've got to go. Yes. Before we go, Peter, I'd like you to say a prayer. Mm-hmm. I'd like you either to pray for the Wirral or alternatively, I'd like you to pray for Wallacey. So, Father God, we lift you, the WWW, I'm being cheeky here in my prayer, WW, we pray for the world and your role in the world that your kingdom will come. We pray for the world that the churches here will wake up will be exploding in growth and in faith and in joy in the knowledge of the Lord, such that their worship is infectious. And we pray for Wallacey 
Lord, that that area, the Welsh-speaking area, where there was the Great Welsh Revival, will once again be exploding, not just in worship growth, but with an outpouring of your Spirit for a great revival in the Church and in kingdom growth in that area right on the tip of the ocean. May the ocean of your Spirit pour over Wallasey and the Wirral. May your glory be recognised and may your grace be poured out on everyone there. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Peter Timothy Cooper. Come on, say it like you say it at the end of the devotionals. You have been listening to Norman Pete, and and I have been Peter Timothy Cooper. Thanks for listening. Excellent. Thank you very much. We've closed the chat room door, but please tune in next time to Flame CCR on 1521 Medium Wave for more from Green Door Studios Chatroom. Green Door! We hope you enjoyed this program, which is under the copyright of Rural Christian Media Limited. Details of the Flame CCR broadcasts and webcasts are on our website, www.flameradio.org. Thank you for listening. Flame.